to invite some friends up. I have some friends that I've known since the mid to late 90s. And they are just wonderful people that I've known for a real long time. I, I love these guys. I, I knew them back at Morningstar in Charlotte. And the Lord has been doing some amazing things with these guys. They've kind of stepped out of what was comfortable to follow God into a journey which involves heartstrings and all kinds of awesome stuff. I'll let you sh- them share about it. But we have some friends that have been doing mission work and o- doing stuff with orphanages in the Ukraine, which is why you see the Ukraine flags. The kids are going to hang tight a second while they share, but, and then we'll dismiss them. But if Dar and Andrew, uh, if y'all could come on up. This is Andrew and Dar Draper. These are dear friends of mine. I love them dearly. Uh, So here you go. Thank you, Travis. I asked Travis if the kids could stay for a minute because I want to talk to you guys for a second, okay? You really blessed me today. It blessed me so much. We were children's pastors for 10 years too before we um, left to go to Ukraine. And just to see you guys run with this flag around this room, I cannot tell you what that did to my heart. At first it was kind of cute. And then I was like, there's something significant about this, you know? And the freedom that you have, you know, we're told unless you change and become like one of these, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And I feel like there's, we don't talk about that a whole lot, but as a children's pastor, we, God pointed that verse to me when he called us into children's ministry. And he's like, I want you to study children. I want you to study how they, like, why does he say that? When the disciples are arguing who's the greatest, he called a child for it and says, unless you change and become like one of these, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And you know what? Children are dependent. They're dependent on their father. They, they just, they easily forgive. They easily f- believe. They're free. They're free to just run and wave a flag around a room, you know? And there's something about, like, they lift that banner, you know? And I'm watching this. But I want to tell you kids, I just want to, like, I, I feel like I got to be a children's pastor for another second. It makes me really excited. But... I want you guys to, this flag, I want you to keep these flags. I had them back on the table. I was going to give them away afterwards anyway. But I I want you to keep this flag. I want you to know what this stands for. Can I tell you? This is the flag of the country Ukraine. Have you guys been hearing about Ukraine? What do you know about it? There's going to be a lot of bombs that go on houses. So most of the Ukraine people lose their homes. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't have roofs and don't have windows right now. Some children don't have any homes and go in prison because they just want to stay in their homes. And some people say that they can't and they don't do it, so they get in prison. It's true. They're called, this is actually a place called an orphanage, right? There's like an orphanage. There's a place for people who don't have mommies and daddies. Can you imagine? Can you imagine not having a mom and a dad? That's right. And that's who we worked with, some kids over there. But this flag, what's so cool about this, is this yellow. Do you know what this represents? Does anybody, do you, not, you guys know what the yellow is for? It's for wheat. It's one of the biggest producers of wheat in the whole world. And, and bread comes from that, right? It's called the bread basket of Europe, Ukraine. This is for the harvest. This yellow is for the harvest. And guess what the blue is? What do you think? 
The sky. The blue is for the sky. And I think of skies, I think of dreaming. I think of sky's the limit. Like, let's go as high as we can. And their flag, this country is at war. It's like at the, kind of the center of, a, of attention of the world right now. This, this little country. And you know, my husband, I'm, he'll, he'll talk in a little bit. But he felt like when we went to Ukraine about six years ago, he felt the Lord said, God's going to use Ukraine to bring revival to Europe. And he had a word, and, and it seemed kind of crazy because we didn't even know what your Ukraine was really when we got introduced to it. But we got over there, and other missionaries, other people were saying, "Yes, we've heard the same thing. God is going to bring revival to Europe through Ukraine." And we're like, "How is that going to happen? Like, what's Ukraine?" And now we're like, "Oh my goodness, the whole world is looking, and He's scattering the people, right? And the church is rising. And there's a beautiful. We see one thing on the news, and we hear other things, but the the church is being activated. We're seeing like the church is staying. One of the men who works with us is um, he's a pastor, but now his whole church is actually living in our house that we evacuated. And he, they're like, that he could have left because if you have three or more children, you could leave. He stayed. His family stayed in key. Are you going to talk? You're going to talk about that? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so so anyway, the church is being activated like never before. It's amazing. But I, before the kids leave, I just want to. I want you guys. I want to ask you guys to do something. I'm gonna. I want to activate you in ministry. Can y'all do that? Y'all want to serve Jesus? Really good. Okay. When you have these flags, what'd you say? When they like didn't have a family, what they were in the grass, they used to live there. When there wasn't food, so they got they did. Yeah, I got paper and they sign for ten people. They need help with food, don't they? They do. Okay, so I'm gonna need y'all because you guys know that your words create. Did you know that your words can create things? Yeah, because you have the Spirit of God in you, and with His Word, Word He created the whole universe. So, guys, you know what? It's, what's it? What is you? When we use our words to talk to God, what is that called? Oh my goodness, it's like God created, he spoke and trees happened, right? When you guys speak, you create things. And when you speak to God, what's that called? When you speak to God? That's praying. Called praying. praying. So will you guys, let's, can we pray for Ukraine? Can you guys use this and pray for Ukraine? Well, let's remind you, pray for the harvest and pray for them to have dreams. Because I'm going to tell you one more thing. When we work with kids in the orphanage, hey guys, listen to this. These kids in this country were so under such heaviness and just felt so sad a lot. And guess what? They don't even, they don't even dream much. I would ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they just look at you like, what do you mean what I want to be? Like they're never, they're never told they can be any. They're just told what they're going to be when you're under communism. You're just told what you're going to be. Like, like what do you mean what do I want to be? Like there's not dreaming. So we're going to pray these kids will dream and that harvest comes to Europe. Sound good? Yep. Does anybody want to pray this before y'all leave? You want to pray? Okay, you know, ask for. Let's. Can we pray for Ukraine? We're gonna. We're gonna agree with you. Okay. What's your name? Bethel. Bethel. That's a pretty cool name, Bethel. All right. Can you pray for Ukraine for us? Okay. We're gonna agree with you. Father God, thank you for Ukraine, and please help them. Please help the bad persons to be good persons. And please help everybody to turn their lives to you and not to anybody else, but just to you. And please bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I don't know if you, thank you. Will y'all keep praying? Do you promise? All you kids who have flags, will you keep praying? Pray for the harvest. Pray for the bad people to become good people. Awesome. Woo! I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Do you want them to stay right now or are we good or do you want to? Okay, just say, y'all want to hear what I have to say? Okay, okay. We have some things to say. Y'all just sit tight. Okay, so this is not what we expected, but this is so awesome because he took over. So, um, all right, so we, uh, like, you know, we're, like probably many of you, we're walking our journey, we're living our stories. And at about, I don't know, about six or seven years ago, there was a little bit of angst in our heart and a divine dissatisfaction. You know what that is? You're like, that's what the Lord told me. It's like, you have that wrestling, that's, there's something more, there's something more. And the Lord's like, that's called divine dissatisfaction. Like, the, I'm letting you feel a little miserable because there's something else I have for you. And so we're like very comfortable on a church staff. We were like, chill, we had a nice office, a big church. We were, really good at it. He was, he, this is the best children's pastor ever. It's because I have a mind of a child. So that's, that's what I got going for me. And a face for radio. Somebody told me that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we were very comfortable. And we were like, we were like, this is good. But there's this thing that there's more. There's more. And I prayed this one little prayer. I prayed, Lord, give me more of a heart for your kids in the world. And the Lord's like, okay, but you'll cry a lot. And I was like, oh, I don't even cry. I'm not a big crier. I mean, I'm one who like rejoices with those who rejoice, but I don't really mourn too well. Like I just really wasn't that compassionate. I loved love, but I really didn't feel with others. I'm like, huh, that's a weird thing that he would say to me. Well, a little while later, that's one of those dangerous prayers, you know, <laughs> that hurts, and, but you're glad later you, you prayed it. The, we had an opportunity to host an orphan from Ukraine. This is like Christmas 2015. And so somebody, like, I was looking for a mission trip for my oldest boys. I heard Bob Weiner actually at Morningstar, like 20-some years ago, say, give your kids a heart for the nations and they'll never love the world. And I was like, oh, my kids have a heart for the nations, you know? So I'm looking for a missions trip. Well, someone that day sends me a message about hosting an orphan. And I'm like, what's Ukraine? You know, the 16-year-old boy, my boys at the time were 15 and 17. And, and anyway, long story short, we said yes. We really didn't want to, because I don't really want to have somebody who spoke Russian in my house for a month at Christmas. But we knew we're like children's pastors, and you can't say there's no room at the inn at Christmas, you know? So we had this, this kid come. And the Lord started doing a work. About a one week into it, the gravity hit me that this kid has no parents. I was like, wait, wait. I start, and the tears started. I'm like, this kid has no parents. Wait, wait, he has no parents. Like, he's from this war-torn country because they were already at war in 2014. And he was a war refugee at that time. And, and he's in an orphanage. And, and we're falling in love with this kid. And he's fitting in like a brother to my kids. And, and we're going to have to put him on a plane and send him back to this country. And I'm like... We were wrecked. By the end of the month, we were like in love with him, wrecked, and we, and we couldn't adopt him because he was 16, and that's over the age. So the Lord started this work in our heart, and we're praying into it, and he had us go over there, and then we, we meet all his friends. And then we fall in love with them. All the, they, we had built a relationship. He came twice to America, built a relationship with the orphanage director. We actually stayed in the orphanage. God was step by step doing this thing. Still working at the church, but kind of feeling it out. And, um, and we ended up like 
we hear about the statistics. We start learning, well, we can't adopt them, but what's going to happen to them? And when orphans age out of the orphanage between 16 to 18, there's like a 60% chance of prostitution for the girls. Like 60% of the girls are sex trafficked. 70% of the boys end up incarcerated. Like the suicide rate is really high. And then this is the statistic that got me. The average life expectancy for an orphan grad is 30 years old. Like, they're probably going to live to about 30. And then we, so we're like, we can't let this happen to these kids that we love. We have to keep doing something. So step by step, you know, every little yes, God's always calling us to step a little further. There's always a yes to say to him. No matter where we're at, he's going to call us to step one more step. He wants us one, one more step in the ocean, getting deeper and deeper, right? Until we, we lose control and he has us. We just have to be fully dependent on him. And so he's calling us, you know, deeper into this thing. And by the third trip, we did a a graduation project because they would leave and have nothing with them. They didn't have life skills. They didn't even know how to, like, talk to shop owners. And we had them, like, buy their own graduation outfits. And we bought them dorm supplies. And we, we started doing little things, whatever God put on our heart. And by the third trip, we did this camp for the little kids and one for the older kids. And by the end of that camp, you know, all the little kids made a commitment to Jesus. They're like, we want to follow him. And, and like 11 of the 19 older kids made a commitment. And this is like an Russian Orthodox country. And we felt so effective. We weren't just in America ministering to, you know, to kids who, whose parents cared enough to pay to send them to a creative arts camp or something. We were like pouring into kids whose own country despised them. There were actually a stigma against orphans in that country where they're like, the caregivers would say, why do you do anything for them? They're just orphans. Why do you, why do you give them stuff? They're just orphans. And they, they were, that's how the country looks at them. And so, so we were like, got to the airport and my husband's like, we have to, we have to do more. We have to... We, we, we have to do more. We can't just, we can't just do this. So we end up the past, um, that was back in 2017. We went home, we quit our jobs. Our pastor still loves us, but we quit our jobs. And we stepped out of the boat, and it's been a miraculous ride ever since. It's been a, a, a journey of miracles. We'd go three or four times a year over there, do camps, build a team. Um, until this last year in January, we ended up moving over there. We moved over, felt the Lord called us to finish up kind of a work with our orphan grads. And he told us, you pour into this group of kids from this orphanage, all the graduates from here, and I'm going to use one of them to help change this nation. And that was the word to us. It wasn't to go wide in every orphan in Ukraine, but it's step by step. It was to go deep with us. And we have some that are on fire who are on staff with YWAM, who are just tearing up, who are now serving refugee, serving the, I mean, making meals, serving widows. I mean, it's amazing what some of our kids are doing during the war right now. So, but uh, that was our work. And the Lord called us to move there. And so we end up like, this is a, this is a very long story, so I'm trying to keep it trying to do it the best I can. But we, um, we ended up moving over there in January of 2021, and we had all these plans. Like, we're going to do all these opportunities for them. And God told us, we, I want you to work with as many, other, as many others as possible. He loves kingdom collaboration. Like, build your relationships with others. So we were there. We're working with others. We're building opportunities. And then in January, um, the, war, the, the, the war is imminent. So... Yes, uh, you know what the Lord laid on my heart is, is Proverbs 16, uh, 16, 9 said, in a, in, in a man's heart, he deter- in a man's heart, he plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. 
And so, you know, we were in this place of, of being there, and all, we had all these plans. I mean, they were great plans. I mean, really good plans. And then all this happens, and it just, all those plans just explode. But the thing is, is that we, you know, the Lord was very intentional and told us whenever we do something, like do it with others, get involved with other ministries, other pastors, don't do anything by yourself, don't try to promote GLOW, promote others, promote other ministries. And so we did that. And so we made all these connections happen. The beautiful ministry was happening in the home. And we just thought it was because of all these awesome plans we had. So we had these great plans that, you know, the Lord just, he's so in. But little do we know it was for something else. And so what happened when this war hit, all these people that we had partnered with, all these pastors, teachers, just, uh, you know, young kids just getting their start, 20-something, like Timothy, who lived with us. All of these people, like, left their normal everyday life when this war hit, and all of a sudden, they just became these heroes as they were activated in ministry, as they saw people around them suffering and hurting, and they're running into the burning building, you know, like, it, it, it's something that 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 fight or flight thing. It's all of a sudden we saw the fight in the Ukrainian people, and we were blown away. And this is why that word that we heard was so timely, because that revivals were going to come because this is a nation of warriors, and where they're called into service, man, they run head on towards the bullets, towards the shooting. So this pastor Sergey, like Dar said, he could have left, but he says, "No, I'm staying." because this is when the stuff gets done with no regard for his life because we know the Lord has determined our days. So we can, we're invincible until he's ready to take us out so we can live as bravely and as boldly as possible. And so that's, listen, this is what they were doing. And we were like, I cannot believe these people that we were doing ministry with are now these like superheroes. It was just absolutely amazing. And um, so it's like setting up this, this, we see this happening. It's setting up this time now to where we're going to have a Moses moment in this world. Right now, everybody's saying Ukraine's going to get defeated. The Russians are going to come in. They're going to take it. I, I just, I'm telling you with the people we have on the front line, the atrocities that you're seeing, the death, the evil is real. It is real. It's not made up. It is real. Because all these people we have on the front line are seeing it. And I'm just telling you, it is the face of evil. It's awful. But let me tell you, this is the awesome part. It's setting up this Moses moment in the world that what Ukraine has to have is they have to have the parting of the Red Sea because the enemy is too big, they're too small. And this is the awesome thing is that because of what's happened in the, in the leadership that has been placed around this leader, the word of God is getting into this administration and we've, we've seen it. We've seen it get in there and they're changing. We've heard reports that they've decided we've got to repent of all the corruption, of all the things going on. Well, this nation has to change. And I'm telling you, it's happening. We're setting up the season for when this Red Sea moment's gonna happen, when Ukraine defeats Russia and the sea is parted. And I'm telling you, at that point, these warriors that have been called in, these Ukrainian warriors are gonna rise up and this mighty harvest is going to come forth. Revival is going to come to Europe and it's going to start in Ukraine. 
and we're going to see it and we're going to be a part of it. And so we're so thankful that God put us on the front line with all of these people that we have our finger on the heartbeat of what's happening in this time. And I'm so thankful that we can share this with you because this is on God's heart. As we saw these kids run around with these flags, I'm telling you, kids notice these things and, it's, and it was so prophetic, them running around with these flags because their faces are before the Father. And, and man, their prayers are, man, their prayers availeth much. I'm telling you, they do. And I'm telling you, you guys, I'm so thankful that you let us come and share this because this is on the heart of the Lord. The suffering that you're seeing, it's on the heart of the Lord. But listen, we know this, is that the Bible says, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And we know that victory is in the hand of the Lord. It's in his hand. He holds victory. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the size of the enemy on the other side. It doesn't matter the sea that's in front of you. What matters is victory is in his hand. So this is the word for all of you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on in your families, no matter what's going on in your business, no matter how deep that sea is, now how, how big it is, God will part it because victory is in his hand. And he has you on his heart, just like he has Ukrainian people on his heart and everyone involved with this conflict. They're, they're on the heart of the Lord. His heart is for you. And um, we're, you know, we have the opportunity um, that Dar will talk about. We've got opportunities for you guys to get involved, um, opportunities for you to help with what's happening over there. And so I'll let Dar explain that and we'll be done. Yeah, I just want to tell you the name of our mission is the GLOW mission. It stands for Go Love Others Well. And it comes out of a desire to do the greatest things. All of us want to do the greatest thing. Like, God, I give me a great call, right? The greatest thing we can do is love. To love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love others as we love ourselves. And, and our heart, and, and, like, what, and, and then it, he has the great commission, right? To go in the world and make disciples. So I was like, we want to do a mission that does the greatest thing. We want to love him, love others, and go into all the world. So that's what the GLOW mission is all about. And afterwards, I'm just going to tell you, if you want to stop by... Um, by the table and just partner in any way. Like I know some people are very compelled to, to help with Ukraine right now. And we're in the business, like we're, we're like, we're covered, but we have, we brought on more people that we are like mobilizing, like Sergey Maxime, who works with our babushkas, our elderly. If you go to our Facebook or, you know, you can kind of pick up information about our mission. But we have a lot of videos of like the little old ladies who are just in Chernobyl. We actually minister to the ladies in Chernobyl and they were under Russian occupation and they just got freed. And we have a video, we couldn't show it today because we didn't get it here on time, but it's, it's on our, uh, it's on our um, Facebook page, um, and I can, I can send it to any of you, but it's so sweet because you hear from their own mouths with subtitles what happened in Chernobyl, and they're talking about it, and they're so precious, and we know them. Um, so anyway, you can connect with us there, and I want to say that we, with these people, if you, there's like, um, we all can do something. Like, they're giving food packages that are like about $35 for a th food package, but we're kind of committing to them till the end of the year. We want to see what all happens. We have these cards, and there's about six different ones. There's some three for people because we love giving in to people and mobilizing people. This guy doesn't have his church anymore because the war is going on. So we're like, we'll pay your salary. So if you want to help us pay Sergey, um, like, and, and they're the ones living in our house. Like we moved out and his whole team moved in and there's like 16, when Kiev got safer again, so there's like 16 people living in our house and they're serving and he could have left the country, but he's in there 
all the time, given feeding people. And then we have our Maxime, who works with the babushkas. And we also established a refugee house in Romania. We went to Romania and just got back about, I guess, a week and a half ago from or so from, from Romania, maybe two weeks. And um, in Romania, uh, we Sergey, our our guy, uh, our pastor friend in Ukraine, he encouraged us help the refugees, and we prayed into it, and the Lord opened the door. So all of a sudden, I knew all these people who had connections in Romania, and that country is beautiful. I'm telling you, there's some beautiful believers, and it's really awesome. I love coming to places like this because I'm I'm like, oh, we are kingdom people, and I'll meet someone. I'm like, I just you know, I just met is it Joanna back here? I meet. Joanna. And I'm like, we're kingdom. Like, that's my sister. We're going to live for eternity together. How awesome we got to meet today. You know what I mean? Roddy and Kim, these were our pastors like back in the, like a long time ago. <laughs> and this is like a reunion, you know, but we're going to live together forever. But it's so when you go to other countries and you meet these believers, you're like, like this guy, these two, Tanya and Dan, they're like our missionary. We just sent them to be house parents to our, our church. And these are our brothers and sisters. And they're like, they're doing the hard work of the ministry over here, but they need the thing we can do right now, those of us who have jobs, we can sew a little bit into it. So I just I check these cards out. Uh, Sergey, he challenged us to look to look into helping the refugees. So we go over there, and in two weeks we got a house. We furnished it. It had like one bed in it. We've like bought all the furniture, set it up, bought the bedding, everything put a house in two weeks and we filled it with 16 refugees in two weeks like the Lord just did it we received our some of our our orphan grads that we worked with and um uh some a family from Mariupol do you remember hearing about Mariupol on the on the news it was pummeled we have a, a lady and her uh three of her children in this house now they were underground y'all for three weeks without food or water they had to take snow and like melt it down they were like underground for three weeks and now they're like living in our house you know and they weren't christians and they're like growing in the lord right now yeah i gotta tell you this since travis said hey you can just roll with it that there's a there's just stories that are just going to so bless you guys and um this guy maxime that you've seen um he was compelled to go to Mariupol because his family was crying out. I know you guys have probably felt that before. When your family cries out, you just drop everything and go. And so his family's crying out from this place that's under the siege of Russians. And people are dying, like left and right. It's awful what's happening. But the, the, his brother-in-law would come out and he could only get cell phone. Like he'd have to come out and avoid dying in order to talk to Maxime and say, dude, I don't think we're going to make it, man. Like we're, we're living in this cellar. I don't think we're going to make it. And Maxime was like, I'm going to come get you. And like for him to say that, to, to drive there was like a death sentence. Because like, how are you going to get there? This is unbelievable, y'all. So he decides, he prays. He has us, he's like, pray for me. Please pray for me. So we had everybody pray. Pray for Maxime. He's going to get his family. And we're telling him, Maxime, are you sure? Because like, dude, we love it. I mean, he, we have fallen in love with this guy. The way this guy ministers to these babushkas, it will, it'll make you cry. He just goes in. Please like go to our page and, and look at some of these videos because you will fall in love with Maxime. He's like the eyes and heart of Jesus when you see him. And we're just like, Maxime, are you sure you want to go? I mean, are you sure this is from the Lord? He says, yes, I got to go. I got to go. Okay, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray. Like we were praying like just constantly for him. So he's on the road, he's headed there, and all of a sudden he comes up to a place where this, this bridge is blown out, and you have to go around the bridge and all this craziness. And he's by himself, 
so he comes up to this bridge and there's somebody there in this other car and the guy's like, you know, stops him. And he's like, what's going on? He said, this whole area is mine. You can't get, don't go through there. The guy is a Russian Orthodox priest and he's there by himself. I'm like, what in the world? So he says, and Max seems like, he saw the desperation in his eyes. He says, I've got to go in and get my family. My family's in Mariupol. And the guy's like, dude, you don't want to go there, man. Don't, he says, no, I've got to get there. And so the guy does this. He pulls out his phone. He says, he said, here, take my phone. And he pulls up his number. He said, you follow me. And if I get blown up, he said, call my, call my family and tell them I love them. And so, God, oh. so he, this, this guy drives and Maxime follows him and they're going in between the mines and he follows them all the way and they're, and they're going and all of a sudden they see these mil, this military, you know, uh, um, armored personnel carriers coming towards them and they're like, oh, this may be the Ukrainian army and all of a sudden they saw the Z and they just took off. They just, just, forget the mines, we've got to run because we're going to get killed. So they just take off as fast as they can. And evident, you can't outrun radio. And so they, they stop them on the road. The Russian army stops them. And they pull Maxine, throw Maxine out of the car. And they say, hey, this, this vehicle we have is, is perfect for our sabotage stuff. We're going to take him. We're going to shoot him, throw him out in the field. And the Russian Orthodox priest gets out and he goes, you can't do that. This is my servant. He works with widows and orphans. He's my servant, and you can't do that. And all of a sudden, they went, oh, okay. All right, you guys, you guys can go. And like, if, if, I mean, if that priest wouldn't have been there, just on the, why was he there? If he wouldn't have been there, Maxine would have been dead. But because we prayed, y'all, because we prayed, this is how good God, this is what God wants you to get a hold of. Because you pray, because you pray, this is what happens, y'all. God hears our prayers and he moves on our behalf. And so when we cover people in prayer, things happen. People show up. Lives are changed. When we go before the Father, when we intercede, things change. And we have to believe it because we saw it happen. And so he, he gets there. The, this priest goes with him the whole way, all the way to get his family. He goes with them, and they've got pictures, and he, get, he gets there. He gets his family, gets them out, and then we, we get to go over to Romania, and we go over, and we meet Maxime at the border and pick up his family and take, him to, take them to Romania. We go across the, you, y'all, it was such a blessing. So we, we, we went to the Ukrainian border of, of Romania and uh, Ukraine, and we go over there, we cross, and we, you know, but before we do, we get there, man, and there's just tents everywhere, and there's people from all over the world helping these people as they're walking out, and listen, they're like almost all believers. It's, it's the body of Christ, and nobody says anything about it, man. It's the, it's the body of Christ that's waiting to receive these people from these war-torn nations, and they're the ones on the front line. And listen, this, this thing that's happening in Ukraine, what's happened 
is it is the seeds of revival because what's happened is all the eyes of all the believers on the planet are focused on Ukraine. And it's like you're, we're just throwing fertilizer on this nation because we're praying. We're praying and more of these, these orthodox pre-searched, you know. I mean, I'm just saying the people that show up when we pray, they're popping up everywhere. And the, and the seeds and the fertilizer that are going out is going to cause revival. It's going to happen, y'all. It's going to happen. So guys, pray, take those flags, pray and believe God is going to do this, that we will see revival. It will happen and Europe will be saved. This will be the last war Putin ever wages. His days are over doing this evil. It's over. It's over. We're going to have the keys to Russia, the keys to Belarus, and I'm telling you, revival is coming. Okay, because the days are numbered, but this has got to happen. This has got to happen. The days are numbered, but God is going to show up and show off, and we're going to see the mighty hand of God hit this nation and hit Europe. And I'm telling you, man, believers are activated. They're activated, and we're just so proud. I mean, every day we get reports, and we're like, guys, we are so incredibly proud of what you're doing. But it's because, it's because the body of Christ here who has the resources says, yes, I want to help. We can make this happen. We can do this. And, and we have to keep it on the forefront of people's thoughts because in the U.S., everybody, if it goes too long, they turn it off. And so a lot of people are checking out because they're like, oh, man, I've, I've heard about them. I'm tired of hearing this. We can't get tired. We can't grow weary. We have to keep praying because this is the place of ground zero of revival. And we want to be a part of this. You want to be a part of what God's doing. You know, and I want to say something about, about persecution. Like, um, well, the Lord really led me to Acts 8 a couple weeks ago, and I kept hearing Acts 8, Acts 8. I heard Acts 8, 8, Acts 8, 8. And I was like, okay, so I started Acts 8, so right after Stephen gets stoned. And then it says um, that... Uh, that uh, that all the, the, the church was being persecuted, right? The Paul, Saul is like killing all the Christians and the church, um, the believers scattered. It says the believers are scattered and they start, they start doing miracles. They start healing and, and demons are coming out and they're doing, they're doing the real stuff, right? And then it said, verse eight says, and there was joy in that city. And it was like the Lord, like in, right now, like in the, the church, Believers are being scattered. They're going to other countries even, you know, all around. And I'm like, there's a scattering happening, but like joy is coming. So even when we face persecution in many forms, like that's when the miracles can happen, you know, and that's when, and then joy will, will follow that. So I, I just feel that's a personal encouragement because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen next, you know. So I just want to thank you so much for hearing us and, and hearing a different perspective about Ukraine. But if you want to um, just just ask the Lord to highlight one of these cards and if you will pick one up to pray um, and give something towards that, either monthly we're asking people to kind of to give something towards, you know, till the end of the year to kind of help get through this or a one-time gift. But if you give anything, I would love to give you one of our, um, a book. I have several uh, books back there. So any, for any amount at all, um, to give a book. And just, um, one of them is a book called Jasper that I wrote that's a, it's kind of like Pilgrim's Progress. It's a modern day one more about the Holy Spirit. And it, there's such a message of saying yes in it. And it's really a great read for all different ages, kind of applies to all ages, but a very good family read, but really for any individual as well. So if you, um, we just want to give that as a gift back to you for giving. So thank you so much. Awesome. I so appreciate these guys and what they're doing. Um, 
You know, at the heart of Christianity is God, you know, when God called Abraham, he called him away from his comfort zone. He called him away from his family. He called him into a journey. He didn't even tell him where he was going. And I can tell you that as we walk with the Lord, he's going to call you into things that you won't even know where you're going. And you just have to decide, are you going to say yes to God and trust him? And he'll take you into a place that you never knew existed. Uh, and, and I know that these guys have said yes to that. And there's, it's, there's no better journey. It's hard, but there's no better journey in, in, in life than to follow the God that has uh, our days numbered. But we want to bless these guys, uh, both financially, spiritually, and every other way. So we're going to take up an offering in a minute just to help them. But... Um, I, you know, is there anything specific that you guys really need? You want to answer? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say for us is like we're we're just so open to the Lord, and um, there's so many good opportunities out there, but we want the God ones. Like we want, you know, we and and things rise up all the time because there's so many people in crisis and are hurting. And um, so we would love to like take care of all of them. That's our heart, our hearts. I mean, the, the person with the biggest heart I know on this planet is right here. Like her heart just, she wants to help everybody. Um, but we have to be wise, you know, and how, and we have to be led by the Lord. So really just that the Lord would lead us um, and that we would know exactly, like right now we know that we're, we're partnering with people and what we're doing with the resources the Lord's bringing is crucial. Um, but there's going to be more needed. Like there's just the rebuilding of Ukraine um, is just is huge. And so just that the Lord will really guide us. Is there anything you yeah, can? Yeah, on that, I just want to say the rebuilding of hearts and the rebuilding of faith and the rebuilding of homes. And that's one, like one of our little, not to be like an advertisement, but like I'm telling you what this one, like the windows are blown out. The roofs are off. They're starting to just, some people, they're getting rained on. So there's going to be a, a rebuilding coming of overall. Some cities are just demolished, but our, our guy, Sergey has such a heart for rebuilding Ukraine. But we're like, it's not just about rebuilding buildings. It's about rebuilding lives. And, and when communists came in, and they've been free for like 30 years of communism. But I was told we, early on when we were working on this, communism destroyed the family, it destroyed the church, and it destroyed the, it destroyed the economy. So they've been recovering in those three those three ways um, for all these years plus it's a very corrupt country there's been a lot of corruption in there too we want that rooted out and a fresh start like a new nation you know what I'm saying and they've been confronted like we have kind of some inside scoop through through prophecy they were confronted and 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 they listened like even a meeting with like all these 18 different religions came together. And there's a word, actually through a Morningstar person, it's, it's kind of inside story, but like, it's like there was a word that came to a lady who's in parliament and she gave the word. Like it, it's, it's wild what the Lord's doing. So I feel like this could be a picture of what, yes, a picture of, of what is to come. Like, it's, it felt very Old Testament. Like, this is so Old Testament. Like, the judges are saying things, the prophets are saying things, and they're, they're like listening, and we, we're gonna get to watch. So let's pray that corruption is rooted out 
There's a fresh start and we rebuild. We rebuild and then God will deliver people from all the trauma. Because I'm telling you, there's so much trauma. Like our kids in the refugee house, I would go to wake them up, they would just like shake like this. Or there's any kind of like the, the door slams and they just all jump. Like it's just, they're just, because they hear bombs all, can you imagine like all the time hearing bombs, like bombs going off in all these cities for weeks now, you know, months actually. So just the rebuilding. And if you want to partner in that, like I think as it is in the physical, it is in the, in the, I mean, as it is the natural, it is in the spiritual. And so as you're, as the believers are going in, like Jesus fed people and he gave them, he healed them. He did physical things for them and it opened their hearts for the spirit. So as we're meeting physical needs that are necessary, people are hungry and the Christians are the ones who are meeting the need. And that's what ushers revival in. So this is not just like, we need money for whatever. It's like, no, this is meeting a need so that Jesus can come in. So, I'd say, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say too, um, you know, we really feel like we're going to help spearhead the effort to rebuild. And so I, I, I want to see believers swarm that place. Like, like when, when these Ukrainians are like asking, like, why, why are you doing this? We want like just believers swarming, doing all that work, saying, man, we're doing this because we love God and we love you. And that's what we want the message to happen in that. And so, you know, we, we want to be a part of that. So we would love to like, you know, organize teams to go there. And that's, that's down the road because we got to get this, we got to pray that the Lord just ends this thing um, because it's, it's awful. It's so, so awful. And we, have, we just had two, two more of our grads, you know, almost get killed by artillery fire coming in. And they finally said, we've been telling them to leave for like months or at least a month, <laughs> and they wouldn't leave. That's like I think the thing is with what we're finding with orphans is their their family is the familiar. Since they don't have family, wherever they set up shop becomes family. The walls, you know, and they don't want to leave because that's family because they don't have family or their cat or whatever. And so they won't leave these places. And we're begging them, you got to get out because you got to get out of the way of the soldiers. They don't need, you don't need to be in the way because they don't, they don't need to be working around you. You need to get out, let them do what they got to do. Um, and so we're trying to encourage them, but they wouldn't leave. And finally they almost died one day out in the street because of artillery fire. And they called us like, okay, we're ready, you know, come get us. And so we're able, praise God, we've got connections where we go, we make a call and say, hey, will you go in and get them? And they're like, you know, there's organizations like, yes, we'll go get them. Awesome. Well, let's pray for these guys real quick. As we're praying, you know, let's pray for these guys. Let's ask God to bless them. And then let's, uh, let's you know, let's dig into our pockets and help them.